I am Chris Rex, and for the last nine years, I have been traveling up and down the roads as an independent professional wrestler. I have had the opportunity to train, work with, and share locker rooms with some of the best to ever step foot inside the squared circle. My co-host is Alex Alcazaz, aka the Bear of Texas. A journalist born outside of Lyon, France, he moved to the United States at the age of four and his love of sports is what led him to become a sports writer. And with seven years under his belt already, the sky is the limit for this young Texan. Together, we mix my knowledge and professional experience with his research and sports journalism to bring you a unique view on Vice TV's hit series, Dark Side of the Ring. This is Dark Side of the Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I am the Bear of Texas. We're going to talk about the Dark Side Wrestling episode about the Von Erichs. Now, Von Erichs, folks, as you know, one of the biggest wrestling families in history. I mean, aside from the Hart family, there's also the Von Erichs. I actually live in Denton, Texas. As we know, that's where the Von Erichs live. People ask me all the time, is their house still there? I mean, I've never went out and looked. I'm told that it's, it probably is. But Denton was a whole lot different than it is now. I mean, as far as the roads go. Even non-wrestling fans knew the Von Erichs because, you know, they were a huge family, you know, a sporting family. They were just so popular. And the whole thing about the Von Erichs, there were six boys, and only one of them is left. All the other ones, they all died young. The first one passed away. There was like a wire in a puddle, and it got shocked, and then he fell face first and was unconscious, and he ended up drowning. That really hurt Fritz Von Erich the most. They start talking about the career of Fritz Von Erich. He was a major heel. I think his character was like a, an anti-American German dude. And then he invented yeah. something called, you know, the claw where he would, he would, he would put his hand on yeah. your face and like squeeze your temple. <laughs> that, that, whole t- that whole family was so talented and it's just really sad and, and really weird when you think about like how the world works and how, I don't know, what, what, whatever religion you believe in, whatever higher power you believe in that this, this actually happened, you know, to a whole family besides one person and one person is a survivor. Such tragedy, man. So the first one dies at the age of six. All of them become wrestlers. And one thing surprised me, but the other one does, like, their, their dad supported their ideas of becoming wrestlers because, you know, it, it's part of the wrestling culture. Although he told them, you know, it's not easy. Their dad said, if you're booked on a match, you don't make excuses. You go to that booking. If one of them was to no-show, it would hurt the reputation or make them look bad. But also, it could hurt your career. To say that they were so committed to wrestling, it's just so much of an understanding. The Von Erich documentary shows just how life and how brutal the life is of a, of a wrestler. I mean, especially back then because pro wrestling was not the same way it was today. The life that you live, because especially like during Fritz's time, you have to keep that gimmick. Exactly, and you're on you the know? road. You're on the road, uh, literally twenty four seven. It's a hard life to live. It's similar to being in in a band and, and where you're touring. And think about it as you're on tour pretty much every day. Only this tour doesn't stop. This tour goes on the three hundred sixty five days a year. We don't just do six months and then we're done. We're not like football or baseball where we have a season and then uh, we get the rest. No, it's constant it never stops so when you have something like that you're constantly pushing it and then it's like okay you're in so much pain but you gotta work tomorrow now it's okay i need something to relieve the pain and then you start getting addicted to the pain pills okay the pain pills aren't enough now i'm gonna go do some cocaine and uh, okay that's making me feel better so now i'm liking the way i'm feeling on this because it's making me numb and you're starting to do more and then you're moving on and up to other things you're drinking while you're doing all of this and think about not being with not being with your kids not being with your wife your family whoever you have back at home not being able to talk to them every day see them hold them and all of this is going through your head and then you got to worry about your life in the ring keeping yourself safe with all of this on your mind at the same time, it's a hard lifestyle. 
hard lifestyles and understatement, and I've said this said that many times now. So when when the brothers you know get older, um, the first wrestler you know, he was on a tour with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. The guy who who says this part, he was a former wrestler, and he actually got the call that Von Eric was dead, had died in Japan in his hotel room. He actually goes into detail. He he imitates the Japanese accent. He says Von Eric dead in hotel room. Back then, they didn't have cell phones, so he couldn't just call Fritz to say it. And he says he actually got in his car and then went to Fritz's house, and Fritz asked him, well, which one? And that was just the beginning of more and more tragedies happened, not just involving death, but these injuries. He died on February 10th, 1984 in Tokyo, Japan. And Ric Flair, in his biography, said that everyone in wrestling believes that it was a drug overdose that really killed him because it was said that he died of enteritis. And Ric Flair says that Bruiser Brody, the guy who actually found David, disposed of the narcotics by flushing him down the toilet before the police arrived. Think about where he was in his life that he, he already lost a brother. That weighs on you, man. So they say, even though the, the actual report says enteritis, um, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's enteritis. It's a disease in the small intestine. But if they're saying that Bruiser Brody disposed of the drugs and Bruiser Brody's the one that found him, it's just sad, man. Do you know why Bruiser Brody might have gotten rid of the drugs? Yeah, so that the police don't find them. Oh. Well, we all know that drugs are illegal. Oh, because we're, we're not talking about uh, Advil here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> We're probably most likely talking about cocaine and some other things. That's not and any time you want something getting out about somebody, especially someone like David Von Erich. It would bring scrutiny on the promotion. He's a uh, wrestler, a exactly. popular wrestler. So you kind of want to hide that and say he was um, partying, you know, and say there was a heel there or something. You know what I mean? Like heels and faces didn't mix. I think it, it was just better for the business for them to just not nah, the drugs ain't that nah, drugs are gone. They're, they're gone. Bruiser basically saved the business and kind of saved the name of Von Eric. So, I mean, so Bruiser Brody did what, what had to be done. Yeah. And again, we go back to that brotherhood of it may not be legal. It may not be right in the eyes of the uh, the regular civilian, you know, the, but he's my brother and I am I know what happened, but I, I don't want the world to, be, to shame his name, you know? Exactly. Now we get to Kerry Von Erich, uh, the fourth the fourth son. He spent most of his career, uh, he was wrestling for a promotion at the time called World Class Championship Wrestling. He had feuds with several names. He also had one with Fabulous Freebirds. He became yeah. the most successful of the Von Eric Airfield. He beat Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And I believe that was at Texas Stadium. Yeah, that was actually a memorial show for David for Von David. Eric. And then he was actually Texas Tornado in WWE, WWF back then. Mm-hmm. He would go on to commit suicide on the on the 18th of February of 1993. He did it at his dad's ranch. There was a warrant out for his arrest or something like that because uh, he uh, crashed his motorcycle into a police car and actually almost killed him. And he suffered a badly injured his leg. Doctors unfortunately could not save it and it was eventually amputated. He did have two daughters. One of them went on into TNA yeah. now Impact yeah. Wrestling. Yeah, as Lacey, Lacey yeah. Von Eric. He uh he committed suicide um February 18, 1993 with a uh, 44 caliber uh, gunshot straight to the heart, man. And Bret Hart's biography, he says that Kerry had told him about his plans and that he wanted to follow his brothers and that they were calling him and that his death was inevitable. Exactly. That brings up a question. People would say, well, why didn't they do anything to stop it? I would, I would love to speak on this because nowadays it's different. You know, we, we know about um, mental health and, and the different issues and chemical imbalances with the brain. Back then, it really wasn't looked at like that. You know, if someone said that, it was kind of like, uh, maybe he's having an off day. You know, it, it wasn't, I'm not going to say it wasn't serious, but it was kind of like the information wasn't out there. It's not as open as it is now. We're in a society where we can talk about it, and I'm glad it's open because I myself, I battle with anxiety and depression, and thinking how it would be back then, it's much harder having all that stuff on your mind and 
you you if you have this chemical imbalance in your brain, it's maybe that's exactly why. Maybe he was suffering from CTE too, and back then it wasn't even known about brain damage. Didn't start in 2006 and 2000. Brain damage's been here for as long as humans have. You know, there wasn't as much treatment as as there as there is today. Back then, it was you. You know, if I'm sure if you were wrestling, you told the doctor, "Hey, I'm having pain, or I'm I'm feeling like they they popped you up on pills." They couldn't give you a proper diagnosis. What they would do is you, they would just pop you up on these pills, man, and then drugs. And then you wonder why half these guys die of drug overdoses. So now we get to Mike. He had no interest in being a full-time wrestler. He was involved in, a, in an on-screen angle with Ric Flair. Apparently, he was, like, forced into the ring. I think like, I think Fritz might have, you know, pushed him into it because, you know, to follow David's footsteps. Yeah. Uh, and, and then uh, he got married in February 14th of 85. And then shortly after the wedding... Uh, they were doing a tour in the Middle East, and then he, su- he, su- he suffered a shoulder injury, and he had to undergo immediate emergency surgery. And then uh, apparently after the surgery, a horrifying discovery was made that he, he was suffering from something known as tox shock syndrome. It's a condition that's caused by bacterial toxins. It can make you, you, know, you get a fever, a rash, skin peeling, and uh, low blood pressure. I did think about finding that news out, man, after getting the surgery that probably the surgery that caused it. And, and he was unable to return at full strength, so that's what ended his career. And it drove him so deep into the dark that on April 12, 1987, he killed himself by uh, overdosing on a tranquilizer. And you have to think, you have Jack Von Erich, who he passed away. And then you have David Von Erich, who passes away from a, um, a drug overdose. Or if you don't want to say drug, the uh, acute enteritis. Then you have Kerry Von Erich who commits suicide. These are all your brothers being taken from you one by one by one. It seems like year after year after year. You don't know what's going through the, 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 uh, the trauma that he's going through. He may not show it off physically. You know, some people are like that. Like, I'm that type of person. Like, you, I try not to show my, uh, uh, what I'm feeling mentally, physically. He has to put on that bravado, and who knows what what will cause him to want to do this. He has, his family has such a history of death, and that's all he knows. So that's definitely going to take over the brain. A lot of times, maybe these wrestlers have said, you know, you can't talk about it. You got to come to work when they, they can't seek help or they're too afraid to. It just drives him further into the dark. And now we get to Chris Von Erich. And this is really, really sad because Chris, he was short stature. He suffered from asthma. And he had this condition. You know, his bones were very brittle. Like, they were extremely prone to breaking. So he could never reach, you know, he, he could never, he, he was never able to reach success his, that his brothers and his dad had. He did wrestle, but he couldn't get started like his brother. Like, he didn't have immediate success. He couldn't really live up to the family's name. And it really wasn't for him. You it know? wasn't for him, no. He, he, didn't, he didn't have the kind of body. Wrestling was just not meant for him. After so many years, you know, of trying and trying and not getting anywhere. Depression, frustration, heartbreaker. He, he, he was so badly heartbroken because, you know, the loss of his... Because he was really close to his brother, Mike. And then and it's like the Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero thing. When Mike died... That drove him further in the dark, and, and on, in 1991, uh, right before his 22nd birthday, he shot himself in the head. 22, like, he didn't even turn 22. He was 21 years old. He was, he was a kid. He was still a kid. You see, folks, it's not only the wrestling business that takes a toll on you mentally, but when you lose people you love that you're really close with, and, you, you know, they're taken from you, like, year after year, just like Chris said, I mean, you're just pushed so further in the, in the dark, you ask yourself... What am I living for? I have nothing to live. And then one day, you know, it, it's all said and done. And, and he, 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 it's too much for you to deal much, with, you know, it's too much for you to bear with. So you so in a, in a way to end it all is you, you just end your own life. And now we get to uh, the lone survivor, Kevin. And I can't tell you, man. I mean, I mean, 
how hard it's gotta be. He has to live with the fact, you know, he has five brothers, and, and he's the oldest, too. And, and all of his brothers are gone. I honestly, like, would love to meet him and just sit down and fuck talking wrestling. Just how strong of a human being he is and how he was able to get through all of this, man. My father had uh, committed suicide a, a couple years ago. So to hear that this guy, like, had three brothers that, you know, committed suicide and he, here he is, like, still here, alive. It, like, how do you possibly go, like, go through that and come out so fucking strong, man? Like, that is, that is definitely, like, an inspiration. Maybe. I would love to sit down and just talk to him. Like, not bring up the demons, but, like, how did you do this? Like... How did you not succumb to the same fate? That's a question I'll let everybody's on. How the hell did he manage to get through this? I mean, he's living a happy life right now. I mean, based on the documentary, I mean, he's still haunted by, by the, and sad by the memories, but based on other things, he's living a, a, re a really nice life. He's raised a couple, he's raised some children. They're all grown up. Ross and Marshall, they're actually in um, Major League Wrestling right now. They, uh, they were the tag team champions. Oh, that's, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's also Lacey. I mean, she retired in 2010. She I remember briefly seeing her in TNA for a little bit, but it was really like really quick, nothing that really like like long lasting, you know. I mean, she's a former she's a former TNA Knockouts Tag Team Champion. The brothers they're trying to keep the Von Erich legacy alive. They're trying to make the best of it. I mean, they're 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 trying to bring some positivity to try to you know no stop the negativity that surrounds the family based on what happened. They're trying to bring the family into the light and keep it in the light, like keep the dark away. Kevin, I think his sons might be a reason why you know he 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 didn't he wasn't driven that far. Kevin, he was the aspirations to be a football player, but I think it was a knee injury that ended it, that ended his football yeah. football career. So that's why he went to wrestling. So Fritz died. It was originally lung cancer, but I think it spread to his brain. That's what ultimately took him. But I have to say, this is uh one of the uh one of the best episodes that Dark Side of the Ring has done. It really sheds light on how tough it is, man. How these guys push themselves and. In a way, how their father pushed them so hard to be wrestlers and that, that pressure of living up to your dad's expectations, being out there and being this big superstar that everyone wants you to be. It's a lot of pressure. Pressure can either create diamonds or, or you can fold under pressure. And unfortunately, the pressure was too much. And I'm not just going to say the pressure, but just the fact that your, your brothers are dying off one by one by one by one. It... I mean, that takes a toll on you at some point. Does, like, you, yeah. You, at some point, you're like, why am I the one here? Kevin must be thinking, like, wow, I made it, man. Like, I really, like, hats off to him, bro. All this fucking tragedy, man. And he was just able to uh, see a light at the, at, the, at the end of a tunnel. I mean, see, th this document, I mean, this episode, I mean, this is not just for wrestling fans. Like, I would encourage people, you know, sports writers as well. But also, I'll also be like, educate people on, on professional wrestling. Like, yeah, it's, it's scripted, but... You'll see, it's not like you just, you know, all you do is travel, you wear a funny costume, you get in the ring, and, and then do this. There's a lot of lessons to be learned, a lot of dues you gotta pay. It's not only the high risk of injury, but there's a chance you could die in the ring. We all know that thing with Rey Mysterio, I think it was a couple years ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pedro Aguayo Jr. Even though the Lucha Libre style is different than the style here in the USA, it's still, it's professional wrestling, and the Lucha Libre style... Luchadors have to pay their dues too. I mean, they too live the the, har the the harsh face, you know, the harsh life of professional wrestling. And the Von Erich episode, there's nothing more clear than that that shows you how life is when you're a professional wrestler, what you do for a living, or how you're on the road, and you know, when one family member, when you, when, when, when they were they were all close, and one fa one family member dies, one of them gets so driven down, and you know, he does his he he does it too. It's 
and it's just like a trickle effect. It's just the, it's 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 the psychology of life of, of a, of a just, professional wrestler. What's crazy is like this really this really sounds so unreal. Like this is something like you would think in a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like this just seems even still talking about it, even though I know it happened and I've seen the documentaries on it and I've seen this series and this episode on it. <sighs> that is so unreal. Like it really takes you back and it makes you think about life, man. It does. Well, folks. That wraps it up for today. Chris, it was such an honor to speak to, with, with you, and good luck to you. Thank you, Alex. And um, for those, if you want to follow me uh, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, it's at Rex Wrestles, R-E-X-W-R-E-S-T-L-E-S. Y'all have a good day. Y'all be safe.